hello and welcome to the lineup. And you know what, Eric? Hmm. This lineup can hit with runners in scoring position. Whoa, it's the nice. podcast from the True Blue LA blog Empire. Is that fair? Yeah, it's fair. I mean, I've seen the numbers. They're they're growing exponentially. Uh, it's just a matter of time before we're like, you know, it's like us, Joe Rogan, uh, <laughs> can we, Adam Carolla. Can we top. pick a different <laughs> you know, Radio our, Lab? Our, our us and Radio demo. Lab. How about that? Okay, that's fair. Uh, but yeah, obviously we wanted to wait until the Gold Glove finalists were out, and we have a lot of Tyler Anderson <laughs> talk coming. So that's what we got for you this episode. And can we? Uh... Do you think we will be players in the big Ira Glass free agent market? So, or trade market? And you know, he probably we might have to give NPR something. Speaking of not knowing that was a thing, uh, I, I this, you're you're this is it's not a thing. Time. I'm just trying to figure out who what, oh, uh, what okay. to grow the, like, the podcast. Did I part. miss a thing? No, no, like, no, no. Breaking. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to tweet at you know, that. My, my we're both like going through something like cough wise yeah. voice wise so we're not quite at that point where we can't and this is the true blue la <laughs> asmr hour you know like we can't quite hit that level so maybe try. we need to bring him on board to like to sort of uh, get us there i think that's the, the right move. well we're gonna try to do that while regaling you listener in the Sad tale of the 2022 Dodgers postseason. Yeah, and then, you know, to cheer us up, we'll have questions from Craig. Both of those after this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to Ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC. Terms and conditions apply. So zero for 20. That's quite a streak. Yeah. And well, so there's two. There's a couple ways to look at it. Yes. Incredible, like insanely long hitless streak. Like you figure you're going to run into like a duck snort here and there. Uh, you you would have thought like somehow they could have gotten... They, they could have, the way they were going, they could have gotten a hit with runner in scoring position that somehow didn't score a run, you know, or something. It was like a single to deep short that, that no one could score on or something like that. But also the, the other part of that is that it was not the longest postseason uh, drought with runners in scoring position in Dodgers history. It was, they had two higher. Uh, I think one was 66, which is understandable because they, 
they scored two runs in game one against the <laughs> Orioles and then got shut out the rest of the way and got swept. And then in 81, um, I don't remember which game it was. I'm assuming it was the Astros series because they fell down 0-2, um, which we previously talked about, I think, two episodes ago in one of the, one of our sort of NLDS previewy type trivia things. Uh, yeah, I I, lo- I, lo- I know I have I have no track of time at this point, but it's wild. Over twenty is a is a lot. So uh, where where'd you where'd you watch these two? Because yeah, we recorded after game two, so the only two games we have to talk about. Yeah, so I was home just just watching from home, uh, watching on TV and and you know writing about it from there. Um, and yeah, so. I know we were both at game one at Dodger Stadium. You were still in Los Angeles, right, for game two and just watched it? Uh, I was on my – I was in route to Oh, San okay. Diego. So, I mean, what, what I'm trying to get at is here is you were – the Dodgers were 1-0 with you in attendance. And, and it, yeah, were, <laughs> I was were, in the city where the <laughs> the, the, uh, the home to so, the winning and team they were and all four games. Without you in attendance. So I think what I can glean from that is <laughs> – is that everyone's looking for someone to blame for the, the, the exit for the Dodgers. I think we found it. It's clearly Jacob Burt. <laughs> I, I don't know. How, how do you respond to these charges, Jake? Uh, it, you know, it's fair. That's all I can yeah. say. It's just absolutely fair. Yeah, it was one of those where, like, um, I don't know. Like, it's always no, I, weird. I was still in L.A., but I, I wasn't at the game regardless, yeah. so. No, well, yeah, now, now I cannot remember. Hold on. No, I was in route. I apologize. Days are blurry, blurring together. Playoff losses are so weird because um, you're like so embedded in like whatever the this, this series you're in or whatever. And it's like day to day. You're like, got to do this, got to do this, got to do this. And then like when you lose, it's like the, the rip cord gets pulled and you're just, oh, by the way, season's over. See you next year. Like it just happened. Even though you, I mean, obviously – it was best of five, so they're down 2-1. They're up 3-0 in game four, and, you know, you, you can sense, okay, if they win, they go back to Dodger Stadium. They have the advantage again with it's going to be Julio Urias, and I believe um, it was going to be you Darvish on short rest, which, again, facing you Darvish, never never good, never easy, but facing him on three days rest is much better than normal you Darvish, and, uh, you know, or I guess the other option would have been Mike Clevenger again, or some combo of Clevenger and Sean Manaya, who the the Dodgers really handled those guys. So like, this is, this is something I kept coming sort of pointing out. Right? Yeah, I kept pointing coming back to is that if they Dodgers get a hit in any of those twenty at bats, three or four, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, in any of that that twenty, there's a good chance there's a game five, and, that, yeah. and so and one at bat doesn't change my should not change and I don't think would change my perception of boy is this team underperforming uh right. <clears throat> and I, and yet we still would have gotten in game 5 so the fact that you know they were at whatever percentile of expectations for this team and they still almost made it to game 5 yeah. goes to show how good this team is but on the flip side shows or uh, yeah shows how disappointing it is yeah and, and so I guess we could go right into that. so on the on um Leading off on Monday morning, uh, like, you know, with the, I guess, with a day to sort of process, I I sort of went over, like, all the, you know, sort of the various layers of how they sort of did poorly. And we, we can go over that a little bit, I guess. But I guess I wanted to ask, because I, I was struggling with this, this myself, 
is this is this year a bigger disappointment than 2019? I think they're they're different kinds of disappointments. Sure, but like, sure. Uh, watching AJ Pollock back bat in 2019 oh, was yeah, as, you know, possibly more frustrating than the general running scoring position thing. Uh, this was a better team. Uh, the expectations were higher. The it was a divisional rival. Yeah, uh, like it, when. The, the Nationals won, you like, you were almost like, I rooted for them afterwards. There were so many players on that team, I was really happy to see win. Mm-hmm. Um, this, and, but on the other side, uh, 2019 was a game five at home. Yeah. Uh, I know there, I think there's some justified, like, uh, could, you know, sort of second guessing what, uh, Dave Roberts could have done this yeah. year, but compared to, like, you could he didn't argue bring in Kershaw, tw- yeah, three one lead or whatever, uh, or Joe Kelly for another inning, just yeah, like some this, egregious, like that, that 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 year. Hell, it was one of many that sort of steeled us to this year's Craig Kimbrell ride, yeah, because we knew how, like, you know, he the the sort of iconic closer is the closer till he's not, and they've shown like they'll go away from them in the postseason. And that's what they did with Kenley that year. And then, okay, Kenley, uh, Joe Kelly gets one inning. Oh, he's going out for a second inning. This is and I get I get that the optics of this this game with the uh, Almonte throwing the one pitch and then taking him out were worse. But like he yeah. was putting good relievers in, right? And yeah, yeah, you I think you can absolutely argue that Phil like it is unlikely that the ninth was going to get more high leverage um, than the middle of the seventh in Game Four. You should bring in your best reliever. But Phillips wasn't the best reliever in the playoffs up to that point, uh, you know. And Almonte and Canley had both looked really, really good, uh, as had had Vesia. So, to me, they weren't egregiously bad decisions, even if I think you can argue they were wrong. Um, yeah, uh, and, and I, yeah. I think too, like, so if you're like looking at that, you know, they they mixed and matched, right? Um, Evan Phillips was first out of the box in Game One. Um, with a lead, um, he got the sixth inning because that's when the big big boys were up, right? Um, but then through the next few games, like so, the first two people they brought in in the eighth, the, the Padres scored five in the seventh and off three different relievers. Um, but it started with um, what was it, seven, eight, nine in the seventh. So they bring in Tommy Canley, who to that point, had retired all six he had faced in the series with four strikeouts. And the first of those was going through um, Kim, Machado, and Soto in game two, striking them all out. And then the guy they brought in next, Yancy Almonte, when things got dicey, it was they were still leading when they brought him in, but the Padres you know, were threatening. Uh, Yancy Almonte to that point, two appearances, five batters, five strikeouts, including yeah. going through uh, Soto and Machado in in the first of those. So it's like, yeah, like they they. It's not like they were bad choices, right? Like, and, and again, like uh, if you want to say yeah. you would go, someone would go with uh, Phillips instead of El Monte. Sure, I sure. that that's arguable. But to me, it's at least either way is defensible, and certainly with uh, 
potential uh, metrics that, you know, are proprietary probably to the Azure system. So there's an argument there, whereas there's, I can't imagine the argument for leaving, bringing Kershaw in and then bringing him back out after sitting down and bringing Joan Kelly back out for another inning. Uh, So that was, to me, a a factor on, like, just comparing the two. I don't know which I'd consider worse. The last thing I would say about this game four, and this is not why the Dodgers lost, but it made it all the more painful, is it was just an atrocious zone. The entire game. Oh, yeah. I and again, so I this, not not a reason they lost. No, I'm not trying to say. Sure. Oh, it just like it made the misses so much more painful because you know, like you were living and dying by every pitch. Yeah, he was kind of all over the place there. Uh, I think it was ended up being like a, a one run favor on the ump scorecard. Not that that's the end all be all. I, but I have a weird thing where I think I reflexively like my my brain shuts off with that because. The, like prevalence of like um scorecards and and all that and like it, I don't know sometimes our game threads and it's it's not to just pick on like True Blue Elevator it's online it's everywhere there's like so much devoted to just whining yeah. about the home plate umpire no. that I, I that I almost tune it out it's impossible to really but like I think I just sort of shut shut it off to where I I probably to my uh, discredit. I ignore it, perhaps when when you know sometimes it is. I think usually the story is how the players react, right? It's not like I don't want to sit here and write a game and be like, well, definitively saying, well, this umpire was crap, you know, or something like that. I'm not, I'm not, not that I'm going to use those words, but like, yeah. So I, that's certainly a part of it. So I was thinking like the the one I'm I'm of two minds on this. The 2019 was like devastating but it also uh and no fault to that year it just came at a time when it carried the weight of the dodgers having not won a title in like three decades so Mm -hmm. so it's like so like kershaw was so despondent after 2019 game five he he gave up the tying home runs and he was just like whatever everything everyone everyone says in the playoffs is true you know it's it's all true like whatever he was just like he just seemed done, right? Like not, you know, done with that moment, right? And um, so this, obviously, because the Dodgers won the title, it like t- I I don't know if it takes the sting out of it, but like it certainly was still shocking. Like they sh- they they won 111 games and they didn't win a series. Like that's that's bad, right? But but like you said, like <laughs> I don't know, like no one ever wants to hear this, but you're right, like. They really were really close to getting a game five. Obviously, it didn't work out. You got to win to get there, and they didn't. So they deserve like scorn in that regard. I but, also uh, wonder how. Yeah. Like, uh, this is a, a factor I've noticed. I have been using Twitter less and less. Uh, certainly, as, some, as someone actually tweeting, but I also have a uh, more curated list on like trying to keep my. My focus, so it's not a big distraction. But how online you are, I think, may affect this because yeah. if you're a very online person in in this season, you are uh, uh, getting sick of the Mickey Mouse ring arguments. You're getting sick of, especially from, say, Padres fans online. And so this one that this one might have stunned for similar reasons to they didn't want a title in the world forever this is the best chance to win with 162 games and that's a big re- argument for uh being a li- little less online generally yeah i i know look, you you curate via the mute button primarily i believe or maybe even or yes. block button too probably mute, mute more than block i used yeah. to block but 
but usually it was like if someone was nasty or something. And the fact that, and to your credit, the fact that you didn't remember the umpire, you're doing a good job of that. I'm proud of you. (laughs) Yeah. But, um, so, but you're right. Like the, the online is for just before I go on a little bit, I will say anyone who brings up like Mickey Mouse ring, they, they're, they're dumb. They don't know what they're talking about. Right. You know know that. Like, I'm just, (laughs) I just want to point that out. Like, that's a stupid argument. Like it, it falls flat on its face. Like when put up to any scrutiny um, and it, you just don't like the, the beauty of like you're saying being offline is great. You, and it allows you, can, you to you th- ignore those people. Like, you know, like you don't have to it, like it, being more that. and more online become makes it more difficult to exactly. not care what other people think. And uh, yeah, this game is more uh, enjoyable. If you avoid the opinions of, of those whom you don't, care about so speaking of being online or or perhaps um being, <laughs> don't, don't know where off, this is going but i'm excited no, for being or being offline and getting a newspaper um oh no <laughs> I, I found the reaction some of the reaction to the dodgers loss just bizarre man like like over the top like bad or or like just weird like there and it's not just the Dodgers series. So the the same day the Braves lost to the Phillies in four games, they won 101 games. The Braves did. So you the NLCS is the 87 win Phillies and the 89 win Padres, and people are like we're freaking out. Like so. So in fairness, the the LA Times letters editor and I don't have his name in front of me, um, wrote a column about like the being a Dodger fan oh, and like the oh, weirdness yes. of the format <laughs> format, the article itself, you know, fine, like nothing, absolutely nothing wrong. With it. The tweet from LA times sports or whoever like sent it out first did that guy no favors at all because <laughs> it was like, uh, is the dot like the Dodgers lost like uh proof that uh, MLB should cancel uh, the postseason and just award the best record. I, I don't I remember. I feel like this came so out bad. before Game Four. Am I misremembering? You, you that? might be. You yeah. might be right. Yeah, but I was just like, which what? didn't help that they when they then lost. <laughs> right, right, exactly. But there were so many. Like, there's so many people. Like, oh, but, so and then, oh, okay. So oh, I'm, yeah. I'm gonna. So as a fan, yeah. frequently of teams that are awesome in the regular season and then lose in the playoffs, yeah. Yeah. whether it's the Colts or the Pacers or the Dodgers. Uh, what I have said before is that I wish, and I think you would agree with this, but we'll see. Yep. I wish there was, it was, this aspect was closer to European soccer in that there are big knockout tournaments that carry a lot of prestige, but winning the league, you know, ending up with the best record in the league is revered and respected and you know in the and say premier league it's how you win the league i'm not saying necessarily saying that has to happen but i wish it wasn't the like uh, like a pat on the back no go win a title uh, and then this knockout tournament and i think it does a disservice to quality teams like the the this dodgers team and this Braves team um that they're just they're viewed unilaterally as failures um yeah by a lot that's fair but i think also that has mm -hmm. to do with with our perception as opposed to how they actually are. Yeah, but I mean, mean, that's, I think they deserve more, you know, mass recognition of a somewhat successful season. And, you know, and that's something you and I have talked about a lot. And that's why I wish, I I wish there was more recognition for different kinds of success. And that doesn't mean get rid of the playoffs. It doesn't mean, 
make it so that it's impossible the 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 regular season winner has an utmost super advantage in the playoffs. Um, sure, I, I just because I like lower variance in general i would love everything to be a seven game series once you're in the nlds but the dodgers were probably going to lose a seven game series too so if they kept playing like they were so i don't right. know yeah that's my rant but I'll, I'll let you what let me know what, what do you think eric yeah so the, the other thing was like so many people I, I, like seem to forget that the the playoffs have never been about determining the best team you know it's always been about having a a tournament for like television ratings that produce a winner, you know, and that's it pretty much like pretty ever since like, I guess what divisional play has, I mean, has come around. Um, it's sort of been like that. Like literally it's like, if you take it, the Braves example, right. They're not, and it's not, let's say Braves fans. I, I, I don't have a specific one in front of me, but mm-hmm. if you're a Braves fan going like, Oh, why? How do we lose this? It's, it's not right that a 101 Braves win Braves team lost, and they're sitting home right now while an 87 win Phillies team. Meanwhile, the Braves coming off an 88 win championship season, <laughs> like so that that in itself, right? Like it's like people. A lot of the arguments, and it's not just Dodger stuff, but it seems like a lot of the arguments that were people like Joe Scarborough of all people, like you know, <laughs> he's like tweeting it. Like they, it's like this is the first year they've ever watched the MLB playoffs, you know, and it, it's just I don't know, it's weird. And I, it's I like, get it that it's new playoff system and it produces yeah. this championship sure. series. I yeah. get why where that's coming from, but you're right, it's it's not necessarily a completely new uh, facet of it. Although uh, something you bring up is, uh, you know, I was com- making the comparison to European soccer, but I remember growing up thinking like winning the pennant when winning the pennant was having the best record in either yep. the American National League carried a big deal. Yep. And, you know, yes, you were disappointed in October like the Dodgers were so often if you then lost to the Yankees. But it still was a really a, a tribute. And now it's this sort of afterthought. They still get the trophy and there's, you know, an MVP of the series. But it's still like, eh, uh, they'll go, you know, go win the final one. And that just eh, bums me out. So that, that in a way sort of gets me to another sort of – and I don't necessarily mean to pick on Dylan Hernandez specifically because he, I don't think he was necessarily alone in this. But he um, – after the – on Tuesday, the Dodgers had a press conference with, with uh, Andrew Friedman, Brandon Gomes, um, uh, sort of end of season stuff, you know, just sort of dissecting the loss, starting the offseason. And Dylan had a lot of questions in that – and a full disclosure, I didn't go. I was sick. I stayed home and watched on TV. Um, so Dylan Hernandez wrote a column saying that um, it's a problem that Andrew Freeman doesn't think that, that changes are needed. And to be fair, I'm, this is me inserting Freeman did not necessarily say that. This is Dylan's interpretation. But then in the column, like Hernandez himself didn't really offer any other changes. It's just the, the, or the line of his questioning it seemed like a circular argument to me. Is that look you you built like the best team in the regular season for you know X years running, but how do you do that for the postseason? And Friedman is like, you know, going trying to say like, look, we're, we we sort of try for that, but like I, I don't I guess I Friedman acknowledged that you know I it's never I guess it's just not satisfactory to some people when 
you acknowledge that in a short season, things can happen. <laughs> or a short series, excuse me, things can happen. And that's pro- like doesn't seem acceptable, like I guess to some. And, I mean, I, and to a degree, I get that just because, you know, uh, in the playoffs 10 years in a row, um, yeah. only once as a wild card. Are you getting to the point where this is not just a t- statistical anomaly or is there something to yeah. it? And I've commented on before that I have always thought that 2018 sort of sh- like – to me in the sort of analytical department of the Dodgers or whatever shifted up the priority of contact uh, hit tool. Um, and that yeah. was a, con- that, a thing that I, I like just reading between the lines, I thought got a lot of play and, and they, they did right. They, the clearly yeah. their priorities after that, but they got Mookie Betts, they got Trey Turner and they got Freddie Freeman, three batters with a really good uh, contact tool. Um, and it didn't matter. <laughs> they still went over 20 and that kind of makes sense in the playoffs, right? Where, uh, you obviously you can't just get slap hitters, but you, the w- walks and home run is a little bit more volatile in a shorter sure. series. Um, they, they they did strike out more in in the postseason than they did in the regular season, but and like that was a big thing. I think, but I think I guess my point also is that, but at this point, like I don't know what else you could, and like you said, right. I, I'm waiting to hear. You know what is that? I've heard you know arguments of oh you you can't go you can't uh, rely on these reclamation projects as pitchers. But look what happened in the Mets. (laughs) They they had the most formative, scary one two punch, and it didn't matter um, because things can happen in a short series. Uh, Um, So yeah, I don't know what you do either. I'd love to like to me. This is actually kind of an interesting problem for. Baseball analytics is like, is there some sort of secret sauce that you can actually uh, do that? Because you know what? The Dodgers would do it. It's not like they don't want to or that yeah. they're they're punting on opportunities in order to just win the regular season. It's that, as far as I can tell, one translates to the other given enough chances. And, you know, one out of ten isn't to me a – out of this world anomaly, especially when they got cheated in one of those years. I'm so, not sure I understand. yeah, I I don't either, uh-huh. Siri. <laughs> Siri chiming in while watching the ALCS. <laughs> that was dictation, by the way. Podcast. So I just checked my watch, and it's just a giant paragraph of me ranting. That's hilarious. So. <laughs> um, so, and the, the other thing, it's like you, yeah, I guess you. It's hard to. I think the 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 best way to build the best team in October is just to build the best team and hope the best players play well and they the Dodgers didn't they like they just didn't right and so you, you have to like live with that and that's the thing that's I mean it's still and sucks, I also want to so, like, credit Freeman as I, I believe I saw a, a tweet quoting him saying like that's something they're going to look into why did we lose or not like he or, didn't say no we're fine uh he he in fact I think said the opposite like yeah we're going to try and figure this out why oh, did yeah. we, you know it maybe is it is it major league scouting like are they just getting like one umped in these shorts like it could be there are some things it could be but sure. we don't know what it is definitively. And I, I I, would love if, you know, 10 years, 15 years from now, the Dodgers win a few more titles and, you know, Freeman doesn't care anymore. And he spell, spills the secret sauce. This is what we did to actually slightly improve our chances in October. So, that would be fascinating to me. The other thing that, I mean, I guess it wasn't surprising in that anytime something like this happens, like it just has to be asked. But like the, I think Jack Harris reported first, maybe Fabian Ardaya after that oh, yeah. on Sunday was like, oh, Dave Roberts is going to be back. It's like, well, uh, yeah, he's under contract. Like, I guess I, I, I was, I, I didn't know the bloodthirst was out there like that, you know, enough to, to, 
people, I mean, but I get it, right? People want like a scapegoat or something to, you have to show you're doing something to change, like, or whatever. But uh, that's one thing that came out of the press conference. Friedman was steadfast in that, in support uh, of Dave Roberts. And then uh, some of the other things were like the questions that are, they're basically eight years old at this point. Like, um, or like, uh, does, do you, does, uh, does Dave Roberts have final say on things like, yeah, he, he makes the calls, right? Like during the games, like that's, they obviously communicate, uh, and like are, are equipped with like all sorts of information from various points in the front office and, and all that kind of stuff. But like this idea has persisted forever that like Friedman, it's one of those things where Roberts can't win either way. He's viewed as both an incompetent dunderhead uh, by some and also a puppet. Like, well, if he's not calling the moves, who's the pup? Who's the dunderhead? Right. Like, so I don't get it like that. That part is weird. But so he was very like um, supportive of him in that regard. And he's very clearly going to be back. He's under contract for three more years. Right. So like I don't think that was much a question, but it had to be asked. So I, I, under, I don't not knocking the reporting or anything. Um the other sort of reaction, I think Bill Plaschke in one of his columns um, said, like, who is this year's uh, Kurt Gibson? Like, just the 88 fetishization, man. Like, I can't even say it right now. My, I'm all screwed up. But, like, um, I don't know. Just I'm a little I'm a little over that. Like, I, I you know, I would have thought that died with 2020 title, but it, it has not. Uh, so, but uh, I guess the one thing come out of it, Jesse Orozco – could probably still get a batter or two out. So I think bring him to spring training as a non-roster invitee, uh, have him pick uh, someone in the, in the, like a veteran who they bring in this, this uh, off season and then put eye black in his hat and then see how it plays out. And maybe, maybe that, maybe that's the <laughs> secret for next year. I don't know. So we made predictions if we want to talk about bad things. Once again, we nailed it all. Like we, we just our our success rate is through the roof, as you might have, might have guessed. Uh, as we're recording this, the AL Championship Series is being played. It's travel day for the National League side, and the National League, as we discussed, is Phillies Padres. And since both of us picked Dodgers Braves, well, whoops, we didn't we didn't get that quite right. Uh, you did have the Dodgers Padres winner in four games, so you get. Nailed that, it. I think <laughs> I had the Braves Phillies winner in four games, so we 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 split this one in my in my view. Um, in the Dodgers Padres NLDS, um, I said I went low on the runs, twenty three runs. I I for I must have foreseen uh, the Dodgers struggle with runners in scoring position, uh, but you said twenty eight and it was twenty seven, so you get that one. Um, <laughs> One of the questions from Craig was, oh, no. how many total Dodgers would score a run in the NLDS? Uh, Jacob said nine. I said eight. We were way off. It was six. Uh, Trey Turner scored four times. Mookie Betts, Max Muncy, Will Smith scored twice each. Freddie Freeman and Trace Thompson scored once. Uh, so that's what, when you score 12 runs in four games, it's rarely good. Um, on the AL side, we both had Astros over Mariners. Uh, but naturally, we we were found a way to be wrong in that too. I said four games, you said five. It was three. However, <laughs> game game three was eighteen innings, so I think I'm taking that one. I, I, yeah, I think no, I think yeah, that's fair. The equivalent of four games. Uh, the one difference where we the one pick where we differed was Yankees Guardians. 
which because of two rain delays or, or rain outs, uh, needed eight days to finish. I had the Guardians in four. Jacob had the Yankees in three. You, so you get the Yankees part right, but it was in five games. So I think, I looked, I think the team it. carries larger weight. Yeah, I'm in. Yeah, uh, no, you get you get that one for sure. But like, uh, I just thought it was funny. But um, so back back to the Dodgers. Um, uh, Padres NLDS. Uh, Freddie Freeman stole a base in Game Four. He's the eighth Dodgers first baseman to steal a base in a postseason game. Which Dodgers first baseman has the most postseason steals in franchise history? And as a bonus, no uh, bonus. Name the other seven stealing first baseman uh, besides Freeman. Speedsters. Uh, real quick before you go to break, I did one. Uh, this may get wondered. Uh, it's a big off season coming up for the Dodgers. Uh, I think yeah. maybe the biggest since. Freeman took over, or mm. the, 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 since the like they kind of like clean slate and started their kind of their franchise. It's been the first biggest in a while, I think. I, um, you could argue that after 2019 was bigger because they didn't that you know it's sort of they they went for uh, Cole. They they weren't as much in Rendon as um, um, you would have thought. I, and then, I feel like I feel like they have more. Oh, this is actually a hole than before. Uh, but, okay, no, that that's fair. Fair. Um, fair yeah. so, but we're uh, we're we're aware of that. Um, but we're we are going to wait till either after the World Series is done or closer to it to talk about. Basically, that, that week. That's when we're 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 going to record next and do like a sort of off season preview uh, podcast. But that that's for later. Right now, we're right now we're still is for. Fast first baseman, and I'll answer, uh, or you know, try to answer after this. Who has the most postseason steals for a Dodger first baseman? Mm -hmm. And uh, can I name every first baseman who's stolen a base? So, no, but I'm gonna (laughs) (laughs) let's uh, how about play the numbers game, uh, Garvey? So, Garvey is tied for second with two. <laughs> uh, he stole them in 1977 and 1978. Oh, yeah. oh no! All right. Um, before the perma swap to outfield, Bellinger. Bellinger is number one. Uh, he has five now. In his career, uh, he has 14 steals in. And only one caught stealing in sixty nice sixty nine games in the postseason. Uh, but yeah, five of those came while playing first base. Okay, uh, so I need someone uh, else that I'll has you, two. <laughs> uh, one, two, three. So, so Freeman, um, Bellinger, and two others are firmly in the Jacob era. Don't say that, uh, <laughs> uh, Karras. No, I <sighs> yeah. I'll, I'll go in for the they they played under Dave Roberts. Don't say uh, Max Muncy. Max Muncy is uh, tied for second with two <laughs> noted uh, noted speedster. <laughs> I will. He did it. He did that in 2018 and 2019. Uh, I will say the other two people with two steals are uh, older. Um. Okay. The, and uh, there's uh, two others with one as well. Okay. One of the ones are uh, 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 Dave Roberts era. Hello, uh, Adrian Gonzalez. 
Adrian Gonzalez in 2016. <laughs> Another noted speedster. <laughs> That's right. Uh, so of the other, so the other three, the the other three that we don't have so far, two are Hall of Famers uh, who played uh, primarily in Brooklyn. Uh, Gil Hodges. I, yes, Gil Hodges has one. The other one played solely in Brooklyn. The the other Hall of Famer that is. <sighs> Why are you doing this to me? Um. What, what, what? Give I'll give me... you another hint for this player. He he played a lot of positions. Jackie? Yep. Okay. He had two. There, there's <laughs> one other. Uh, my hint for you is he's a switch hitter. That doesn't help. I don't, I don't, I don't know. What, give who, me. Who, he hit for the cycle. Not in this year that he stole bases in the postseason, but. The O-Dog? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, tapping out. Wes Parker, 1965. Okay. This is, I think, second episode in a row. Like, Wes Parker has just eluded my brain. I should have said Brady Bunch. That would have nailed it. You would have got it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, I did okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Where's my. No, boost? I agree with you. You're not. Yeah. I'm sorry. That, 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 yeah, that was... I guess. Yeah. No, I, 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 I. You deserve more. Like, than that. Yeah. Uh, All right. Hey, I get to turn the tables because it's time for. With Jens and Greg. We love them. You are going to be shocked by the questions Craig has from you. You haven't heard any idea about it whatsoever. We didn't just. record this some definitely of this. isn't our second take to the second this week at least we did get to it uh before you started answering questions because that would That's be fair. like oh, oh no be... whoa <laughs> <laughs> yeah this week's trivia will be questions about the last four world series clinching games for the dodgers there i got through the question about my computer shutting off <laughs> can eric name the winning pitcher the player who drove in the winning run and if there was a save who recorded it all right mm-hmm. um so, so 19- do you want to go? Do you want to go more recent? To I'll go in order. Um, okay. So nineteen sixty-five was Game Seven in Minnesota. Sandy Koufax two days rest, pitched two hit shutout. Um, Who got the save? So yeah. <laughs> uh, so this is the 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 hangup. I'm go- I'm going to say Lou Johnson, but I don't. The game was two nothing, and I don't remember if he he just widened a one nothing lead. With a solo home run, or he drove in both runs, or the first run, but I, I can only think of Lou Johnson in this in this area. Uh, it is Lou Johnson. I'm going to answer your specific question. Uh, he broke the zero zero tie, and then Wes Parker hit a, a single ah. sc- uh, scoring. Also, Ron, Ron Fairley also stole two bases in that series, as we we just talked about. Um, okay, so 1981. Oh God. Um, I'll, I'll start with what I know. Uh, Steve Howe, three and two thirds inning save. <laughs> Why do you know that? Uh, <laughs> I well, it's three inning save. Come on. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Um, no, but so that game I think was it was either nine one or nine two. So they got the lead early. So I think I think it was Burt Hooten got the win. You were correct. I, and so it was try MVPs. It's it's one of two people I'm thinking of who could have got this quote unquote game winning RBI, um, but I think because he had like I think he drove in three in the game at least I'm gonna go with Pedro Guerrero. It is not Pedro Guerrero. Is it Ron Say? It is. Ah, okay. So I couldn't remember who 
who like gave them the lead. And uh, all right, uh, so well, we I, might as well I, stop here. You're a failure. Yep. No, you're doing great. 1988, uh, which is uh, 34 years ago today, as we record on October 20th. Um, uh, Oral Hershiser, uh complete game, five-two win over the A's, so no save. Um, man, uh, I, I know Mickey Hatcher homered. I f- I'm gonna just say Mickey Hatcher. It um, is Mickey Hatcher. Yeah, I think it was a two-run homer in the first off Storm Davis. Um, you are correct. Yeah. Who scored okay. the other run in that home run? Just to, I just think that me. was Steve Sachs. It is not. Steve Sachs. Stubbs. There you go. Yeah. All right. Final 2020. Embedded Franklin Stubbs second and Mickey Hatcher third. And they won in five games. What a. That's the other <laughs> thing. Like, if you. There, there's your playoff format. Like, just, just do that. Like, uh, um, so 2020. Um, uh, Julio Urias, seven batter save. Um, uh, this was weird because Tony Gonsolin started and was out by the second inning. They didn't oh, – okay, they so they took the lead in the sixth when Blake Snell was pulled because it was a one nothing game, I think. Possibly 2 nothing. No, it was one nothing. Um so the question is, who pitched the bottom of the fifth? So if I remember right, it was Dylan Floro, who used three change-ups to get Randy Rosarena with the bases loaded, and the second. Um, Alex Wood pitched two scoreless innings in there. Two perfect innings, I think. Um, I know Pedro Baez pitched. I'm pretty sure Victor Gonzalez pitched. Uh, I'm... Mm, I'm going to say Pedro Baez. Pedro Baez pitched the top of the fifth, but ah. not the final out. because uh, he came. Victor Gonzalez came in with two outs. It was Victor Gonzalez. Okay. Dang. Nice. Uh, but you, you did. Oh, wait. Game game winning RBI. Oh, yeah. Okay. Sorry. Um, oh, so that one. Um, Trying to skirt your duty. Yeah. So um, Barnes single got Snell out. Wild pitch, uh, Mookie Betts double. Wild pitch brought in the tying run. Corey Seager ground out, got the winning run. So, Corey Seager. There you go. Yep. Well done. I'm so I am proud of myself. One way to, way to end the season on, on a high note. For the Unlike 23rd straight season, there will not be a repeat World Series champion. During that time, 15 different franchises have won a World Series, and there's an active streak of eight different teams to win a title. Is there anything that can be taken from that as it relates to putting together a World Series winning team? No, no. Um, <laughs> so no, I just to, I, I think I believe it's only the twenty second because the Yankees won ninety eight, ninety nine, and two thousand. So, um, but yeah, still a long time. I just think that it's really hard to like to, to win, especially now, like. Um, it's it's hard like it, it, it's gotten progressively harder right um, there was a wild card team uh, back in 2001 um, but it was it got you the same standing as a division winner because there was just everyone directly into the nest into the division series um, so the 
wildcard came about in 2012. And since then, it like, so it added the extra dimension to it. And then obviously now there's more teams. So there's more, it's just, it's just like a longer stretch. Um, and I, I just think that makes it more difficult. I mean, it's bound to happen, right? So someone is going to run off like, um, but you just have to play well two Octobers in a row, right? It it's, might sound easier said than done, but like, um, I think it's going to happen, but it, it's certainly harder just because of just the format um, and just having to go through that long of a run. Um, I, I mean, the Yankees went through the same three rounds, right? So like they, the, that's not taking away from that. They, they had a tough run too, but I think it's just really hard to do that. And, you know, even I'm trying to think like before that, um, I think, wait, was the last, was the last repeat winner before those Yankees, the 77 and 78 Yankees? I think it was. Uh, no, Blue no, Jays. Blue Jays. Jays yeah. So, but yeah, but the, but it just doesn't happen that often in general. So I just think it's just generally hard, and it becomes even more harder with, the, you know, three plus rounds of, of postseason. So it's just tough. Did the Dodgers suffer from taking an optimistic outlook on their pitchers recovering for very from various injuries in time for the postseason? I think yes, and, and like you know, and and not. I just I think you have to say yes to this, and and it's in a in a couple ways that should have been obvious and maybe one way that wasn't so like, obviously, so they traded Mitch white, not that like anyone here is saying like, Oh, if they had Mitch white, they would have won. <laughs> right. But like they, they traded Mitch white away to sort of create 40 man space. And he was like their number six at that time, but they were also just about to get Dustin may back. So I, I definitely think they put too much eggs in the Dustin may basket. Uh, may didn't pitch in the NLDS, although he was active. Um, he was also shaky in his six starts. Um, which is understandable because he's coming off Tommy John. It's a long time off. Um, you're, you're, that's going to be. It's hard to get your sort of feel back, and like that'll happen over time. But like, they just it just didn't happen. And I think them sort of counting on that probably came back to bite him a little bit. Um, now, Gonsolin was the one of the existing starters that got hurt and never really fully recovered. I mean, he was deemed healthy enough to pitch, but he wasn't. Uh, nearly as effective as he was like all season, but I think he, I don't necessarily think you could you could say like they should have seen Gonsolin coming, but I think in a rotation that has Clayton Kershaw uh, in it, you're, you've got to think like that that could happen. So like someone of the four was probably going to suffer some sort of injury um, or just you know something. So that's tough. And then I don't. I mean. They, I, I sort of argued they needed to argue or to, needed to trade for a starting pitcher because just to get them through the season and not because they were obviously already like had the division wrapped up at that point. But um, I think they thought, and, and, and to be fair, rightfully so, like Pepio and Grove sort of filled those innings to sort of just fill out those games. But I think had they sort of been more aggressive. And the other thing, like, is Pablo Lopez really moving the needles, right? Because he he was the the sort of guy they were after. I think um, uh, the I get maybe the one thing that sort of I think maybe rubbed Dylan uh, the wrong way in his column was I think he was asked about doing a trade deadline deal, and, and Friedman said like I'm happy we didn't make a bad deal just to do a deal or whatever. 
and so I sort of get where the angst from that is coming from, right? Like, but um, yeah, like perhaps, like you know, maybe they could have done something to sort of account for that. But yeah, it's just um, who knows? Like, but I, I do think definitely uh, they they were probably too optimistic in that in that regard. And yeah, uh, I, I think I agree. But again, like I've always been like, if we knew for sure the kind of trade that might be occurring, uh, you know, yeah. what, you know, what, what would the return have been? What were the Marlins asking for too much? Um, and, and again, if it was a lot, you don't know that's going to get, obviously you would make that trade if you could guarantee it changes sure. thing, but you can't make that guarantee. So, yep. Are either of you fans of horror suspense films? If so, is there a particular franchise you have seen a lot over the years? I, I, I think obviously there are two different things, but I don't. I like suspense films just fine. I do not like horror films one bit. Most, <laughs> I, I think my brain shuts off. Like I don't like to go to that place. Um, so I generally avoid almost all horror films. Um, I guess like scream, the scream movies like count, even though they were, well, especially in the later movies, but they were, they were, their whole thing is like being meta about horror movies, but, um, it was, that's, that's about as much as I'll do. Like, I, I don't, I don't want to watch like the, um, like I didn't, I didn't see like Midsommar or, um, um, uh, the hereditary. You're right. That's the one I was thinking of. Yeah. yeah. Like I, I just, I, I don't, I'm, it's, I don't, it's, I don't enjoy that process. So I, I just avoid it. Uh, uh, no, I was, but my, my, uh, I'll let, serve you up. Eric. Uh, my wife, mm, my wife. Uh, <laughs> is a huge fan, uh, mm. listens to the podcast faculty of horror all the time. Uh, I don't know. I don't think I would say she has a favorite franchise unless we count strange foreign ones as a franchise sure. a big fan of those uh i am not uh, if i have to watch one uh with her i always always read the wikipedia article before i do uh-huh. i don't want to be surprised i i i want comfort if i'm gonna watch a movie and those are not comforting to me so. yeah i i i like big I'm scaredy little, cat i'm a little baby and I, <laughs> yeah. I, need to, I need to have my warm milk before going to bed and no uh I will say I, I do enjoy like terrible horror movies if there's such a thing. So I remember there was a time, I think it was probably either in college or I think it was during college, like during the summers or whatever, me and a friend of mine, uh, Scott, we would, uh, he worked at a video store, uh, for one or two of those summers. So there were a lot of times where he would just bring home like one or two, like just wild movies or something. We'd watch it. Like, so, uh, we watch and my cousin too uh we we will watch it so we watched um jack frost um not not the michael keaton movie it was like the mystery science theater classic no yeah the russian finnish no no (laughs) so um yeah which is just a terribly great movie uh but that along i think that people who made that or at least it's in the same vein uh, they made uh, a movie called Uncle Sam, which is just the same premise, except literally a guy in an Uncle Sam costume is like <laughs> doing the murdering. And uh, so that's great. Um, but yeah, like th- that's about my speed. That- that's about as far as I go. Uh, I- I- otherwise, I can't really handle it. 
All right. The final food question before we start talking off-season. Traditionally, meatloaf is made from ground beef with a layer of tomato sauce ketchup baked on top. Over the years, uh, I have done it with ground turkey, sausage, and ground pork combinations. Uh, Is meatloaf something either of you make at home? And in either case, do you prefer it with the traditional dinner sides, mashed potatoes and veggies, or in a sandwich? Um, I've made it at home, you know, several is probably a strong word, but like (laughs) enough, you know, uh, I don't, I can't imagine myself eating a meatloaf sandwich or at least I, if I make it like, I'm just going to have it like that, like as is. So I don't think it would be with a sandwich, but I think, um, fair to say like either, either have it with, um, with rice or. Um, you know, I don't really make mashed potatoes at home. Uh, I'm just like cooking for myself. It's like, find it a little too much, but maybe some sort of potato side, maybe, but like with something, um, I guess I, I, the times I make potatoes are usually if I'm making a roast and I just stick potatoes and carrots or something in the, the crock pot or the oven or whatever with it. Um, that's the, but you can't, it's, you the meatloaf is like in its own pan usually so it's not the same um but yeah like i like it i can't i don't remember ever doing it with pork i i think i've done it with um a combination of beef and lamb um but mostly beef some some turkey quite a bit uh, i don't do a ton of the like the like full like ketchup on top or whatever I mean, I, I, I tend to include it in the mix and then just sort of get it out um, that way. But, yeah, I don't know. Like, um, I, I'm probably rambling right now. But, yeah, what about you? I really do not like meatloaf. Mm. Uh, had a lot as a kid. Didn't I totally liked um, liked it as a kid, but just has not, not stayed the course. I have had one meatloaf that I liked a lot. It was a restaurant in Tulsa, actually. And... Yep. It was um, half ground beef, half chorizo, and uh, on a pile of um, polenta, and it was that was really, really, really good. But I, it's the only time I can say that that's been the case. Yeah, look, man, I, I kind of, I now I kind of want to make meatloaf. Um, uh, yeah, luckily I don't. The, yeah, <laughs> although I'm hungry, so I don't know. I don't know when I'm gonna. Yeah, I mean, not right now. I'm not gonna go make meatloaf right now because that's an, an, a that's a long process. But I mean, rel- you know, relatively. But <laughs> no, uh, I think uh, that's as good a, a way uh, uh, to end uh, the season, as it were, uh, as any. But we'll be back um, in a couple weeks with a sort of off-season preview. But that's it for the 2022 Dodgers season. Uh, thank you for listening to the lineup uh, and uh, to leading off, which we introduced a few months back. Um, Thanks for listening to all of it. Uh, We really appreciate it. And uh, we'll talk to you again in a couple weeks. 